0: What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder Podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and all of our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster and today we're joined by a couple of friends of the show friends of just friends period way before the show uh we've got patrick musingo and tim Mosier from junkyard joining us today and uh i guess the timely item is they're on tour or about to go on tour they're doing their first uh the first junkyard album in its entirety and on a string of those dates, uh, original guitarist Chris Gates is joining them. So we've got Pat and Tim here to talk to us today about that. Uh, talk I think Chris about is doing team. all of them. I think he's doing all of this run. He might be doing all this run. I know that by the time this episode airs, they'll already be out doing some acoustic shows. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I think Chris picks up in March uh you can find all that information on junkyardblues.com their website uh but always great to hang out with tim and and pat (laughs) i just feel like you know just dudes around a campfire yucking it up as always with those guys
1: yeah there's there's a lot of layers and it's uh it's it they're perfect guests for for the show because they can talk they can both just go 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 uh you just you just wind them up with a phrase and they tell they tell they have a story about it it's uh if you love rock and roll especially junkyard you you are like all ears uh because it's um it's relative it's historical um and uh there it's usually well it might be immoral or moral depending on what kind of personality you are (laughs) but (laughs) I think that uh it's always a good time to see those guys they're a kick-ass live band they their rejuvenation a handful of years ago is kind of an amazing story and it's part of the reason why we're talking to them here so yeah
0: that album they put out in 2017 called high water
1: is amazing
0: it's i listened to that record over and over and over i love it i think it stands up right alongside the first two junkyard records Uh, We talked to them a little bit today about the possibility of a new album. They've got some tracks in the can. I've heard some of them. It's great stuff. So we picked their brains a little bit about what's it going to take to get a new full-length album out. And I'll throw a little bait in the water uh, to use one of Jason's phrases. We got a great story, timely enough, about Gary Rossington from from leonard skinner yeah (laughs) i did not know this i knew junkyard toured with leonard skinner but i did not know this story specifically so you'll definitely want to stay tuned and listen for that because it's hilarious
1: (laughs) definitely definitely sorry to hear uh about we rock and roll lost a warrior uh in gary rossington um i want to bring up uh an acquaintance i want to i want to call him a friend we weren't close but uh uh, Jim Durkin from Dark Angel fame uh, passed away yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any specifics or information, but uh, really sad for me today. So, so doing the, the podcast today and talking to the junkyard guys uh, kind of made me get out of my sort of funk, but I just want, want everyone to say a prayer for Jim, Jimmy D's uh, family. Uh, I, during the episode, I got a text from Gene Hoagland uh, of Dark Angel and I, cause I had reached out to him and they're just, their hearts are broken. So oh, man. yeah, it's terrible. I, I don't know what's going on. I have some like uh, voicemails from Jim cause we were, I was, I, I was wanting to help him with some writing. Uh, he, he was going to, he, I think he sent me a, some ideas, some song ideas that just didn't uh, grow on the tree you know or we didn't have time to pursue but it's it's kind of sudden because i feel like it was just a couple of months ago that i was talking to him so that's crazy The thrash metal world and the uh southern rock world have lost some greats uh just in a mere uh, over the past few days so yeah. Uh, yeah. this this episode will air much after uh uh more news will surface, but, uh, but yeah. So, uh, great episode today. Uh, excited to talk to, like you said, our, our friends yeah. uh, and have them on the show. And, uh, I don't think we had had either Pat or Tim on the show yet. Had we? No, we've oh.
0: had David Roach and we've had Chris Gates on the show. Right. That's um, right. and, and Pat and, and Tim are long overdue. And I still want to get, uh,
1: Todd and Jimmy, names.
0: We can yeah.
1: get Todd and we can get Todd and James on on together like we had uh, Pat and Tim. We can, yeah. Do, we can, uh, dos amigos. Yeah. The thing with
0: the thing with junkyard is as we learned today, and we know this from from in being in person, the more the merrier, because <laughs> it's always a good time and a fun hang. And uh, you know, you're talking about uh a couple of guys that can lift your spirits if you're in a funk it's those guys for sure
1: well and they they have stories and like i said they're they have they're they're very layered and they and they when they talk about the their their friends their family their songwriting partners their touring partners their it's family when they talk about them you're just like wow you know their their process you know because in today's episode we talk about songwriting with them we talk about things that. Hardcore Junkyard fans may or may not even know. So I think it, it's really a great episode today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Tim and Patrick from Junkyard on the Talk Louder podcast today. What's up, guys?
2: How are you, Dad? much?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for joining us.
2: It's nice sure. to be here. I'm honored yeah. to be here. Actually, I was ex- this is I'm very excited to be on this show. Yeah, Excellent
1: we were life. we were excited. I was like a big hug to Metal Day for getting the the junkyard dudes on here.
3: Yeah, who who well, else are. On this? did Tim do this? to do this show before? N-
1: I've no, never done it. Uh, David's done it. That's it. Oh,
3: David. Oh, okay, I would
1: I love this. I would love to have done. Oh, yeah, Chris was first. We did Chris a long time ago. Our yeah. first six months. Really? We, Roach was oh, okay. first. Gates was second. Oh, okay, right. So
0: you guys are long overdue, and and <laughs> one of these one of these days we'll get uh, Muscat and Jimmy James as well. But uh, we're happy to have the two of you with us today for sure. Long overdue. Happy to be here. And um, and it's timely, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We, we don't. We don't do things by accident around here.
1: We have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I've been kind of stalking my next door neighbor. Uh, one, there's no more there's no more California plates on his car. I will tell the world. Wow. He's, got, he's got Texas plates on that car. Wow, wow. The, the old hey. Volvo, the so he old Volvo. Getting, yeah.
2: I yeah, I guess he was yeah. tired of getting shit.
1: So Probably. So he's got the Texas <laughs> plates on there. Can you tell I'm stalking him much? <laughs> All I got to do is walk out in the front yard and go. Exactly. Right. I
2: mean, you, you guys share a driveway, oh, oh, okay. probably a low, So I don't. Know if that's
1: pretty really pretty fun. much. Well, I look. He did you see the picture he took of me up on the ladder hanging the Christmas lights? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I guess payback's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All <right. laughs> well, No, though, no but I've been I've been stalking him because of what we're going to talk about today. I've been stalking him and I go. Well. Are they going to practice? Is ah. he going to drive the oh. Volvo out to California? Is he going to fly? Is he he's still here? He's still not trying to, it on a Southwest flight. I'm not trying to get rid of him or anything, but I just, I thought it was kind of funny. I've been waiting for Chris to pull up and park his car in in front of my house, get in David's Volvo and then drive off to I-10. Parts sorry, so not going to happen. So, uh, so tell us guys, <laughs>
0: Tell us, you've got, uh, you've got some tour dates coming up, uh, and, uh, you've got, I think you're, are you doing the Monsters of Rock cruise? This we year? are. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay.
0: So, so tell us, uh, what's, what's on you on the itinerary here in the next couple months? I know you've got some dates, you're doing some acoustic stuff, and then you're doing some dates, a run of dates with, with Chris Gates, which is, uh, which is great. I mean, um. How did you get that to happen?
3: Well, that was—I uh, mean, I want to say that the the ball started rolling. I think David reached out to Chris prior to prior to the last time that we came down to Austin, which was twenty uh, well, twenty, yeah, one, I think end of twenty one, end yeah. of twenty one, right, right. So uh, one of those de- out-
1: one of those December visits you guys do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not great for uh, weather, but it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. great. But, for uh, us. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> so yeah, heat. David
3: reached out to Chris, just, you know, to feel him out. And, uh, we we've, we've thrown the olive branch out to Chris before. And, um, uh, you know, and it was, it, 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 you know, we totally respect him when you're ready to come on and jam with us. Uh, you know, that would be great. And, uh, when David reached out to him, he's, you know, Chris said, absolutely. So, uh, that kind of got the ball rolling and, uh, just a mere fact of when we did play that show at Austin city limits that you guys are at. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a no brainer after Chris got done with us. It's like, well, this needs to happen more.
2: It was yeah. fun. It was fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was great to see him. And yeah, it for so long. it's been like ten years or something. Yeah, that's I mean, a yeah. It's a long time. We're not teenagers anymore. It's time to just yeah. get on with shit. You know. Well, so. the cool
1: the cool thing is it's it's not going to be any secret, and no one's going to go, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know. I mean, <laughs> right. it's like a exactly. serious. It's <laughs> a serious, like a uh, a homecoming. You could put all of those like melancholy or happy face kind yeah, of things right. like on
2: closing a circle. All yeah. those
1: kind of things. Yeah. That, and you know, you know don't keep, tropes. Yeah. Keep, keep everyone on the goddamn <laughs> stage and, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just Leonard Skinner and Allman brothers, the shit out of that and yeah. punk rock style. And it, yeah, I, I mean, it we, he
2: came to Soundcheck, and we ran through maybe half of the stuff we were going to play in the show. Yeah. And yeah. It just, i mean it just felt i mean but i've been playing with jimmy for a long time now but before that i had played with chris for a long time you know we were together 10 teams, years you know yeah. at least on the road so we fell in to each other's you know we fell into it very quickly and you know he's and as we're older we're better listeners to each other and so we yeah. we know what we're supposed to do we know what our places are and you know, it's a little bit lighter lifting for me because Chris can have a lot of his work back and that's good. And I can do the little bits of Bob's and but it was just really nice. And I guess this idea of doing the first album as a piece, like let's do it in order, that had been floated before but it never seemed to feel right. Like, cause well, I'm not on the first album. You know what I mean? There was a lot of things like what? You know and David is like me is very much like, let's move forward, let's move forward, let's move forward. Yeah. But I thought with Chris, it would be a cool way if we're gonna do it. Now's the time. Because here's the guy who wrote most of the fucking songs. And so let's do it like how Aerosmith does Toys in the Attic, whoever does it, Cheap Tricks will do that, they'll do full albums. Um punk bands do it all the time. Bad religion doesn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's great. I, I always I think it's a cool I like it. And um we do most of it anyway, but to just to see it as a piece, like we we're going to play it the order that you bought the record in. And it's just like the record. And then we'll do a batch of stuff from uh, six to seven to nine. So well,
1: well for kind of for for, of, list, yeah. for listeners who may be kind of just falling in now, uh, what songs in the set for years past now uh, are, are that are on the first record are are not in a, a regular junkyard set?
2: Um, can't I don't think Can't Hold Back's been played since the first album no. tour. Yeah. Can't Hold Back is, hasn't
3: been played since, yeah, 19. I would say 19. Since we were, when we went out with you guys in Florida
2: and so, uh, we started off in St. Louis, that's the last time I think we played that song.
1: September 89. I remember it well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Down the Dark his gums, comes in and out. I mean, there are ones that kind of come in and out. Lo- long Way oh, okay. Home comes in and out. Things come in and okay. out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some pillars from out, that yeah. album that we can't play. We have to play or we don't get out of the building. You know what yeah. I mean? So, well, right?
1: yeah. Well, you're <laughs> we
2: have to play blues. We have to play Simplement. We have to play, I mean, there's a bunch. Right? We, we have to do hands off, like where people yeah. get angry.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. St- some, of us, get angry, some of us you know? are lucky. You guys are lucky that you have a couple. Lucky. Oh, it's
2: a miracle. Yeah. It is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I think i, was, I was gonna it all the time.
1: That's, to, a good, that's
0: a good problem to have.
2: I, I, I think so many shows and we're playing.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, he froze. Oh, Did we lose him? <laughs>
2: Well, it, always should, wins. it always wins it's like oh we're gonna get them this always brings people in the band seems to lock in on it we play a great live it's got a lot of dynamics it's really like a moment i know that if things are a little bit like we're trying to especially if we're opening for someone and trying to get win over fans once we get to simple man we've got that that is our that's a that's a card that we can pull out of a deck and always i always feel that it's like whoo we got that and, you right. know, Hollywood, we stick toward the end. So you've kind of run your race at that point. But, yeah, we're very lucky. I think, you know, I remember being with, you know, talking to Laura from Little Caesar. I was like, God, you guys just get to play Simple Man in your set. And it just works. I'm like, I know. It's a fucking blessing, man. Yeah. It always yeah. makes it work. And it's like it's a real pillar. So I always look at our shows like there's certain songs that are pillars that we have to do. And we've been lucky that we've been able to kind of move those around a bit and even add a little bit. Fade it's kind of become one of those songs that people expect yeah. to do, which for us is a kind of a miracle being a later song and all that. You know, so there's always we try to move in new stuff, but we also always know we get a lot of that. You get it too, Jason. I'm sure, like, why don't you play da-da-da-da-da? I'm like, okay, let me explain you how this works. So we gotta do this, we gotta do that, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, probably yeah. gotta do that, and probably that okay there's two songs left that we can yeah you know what I mean yeah. it's just really what it is and we and for an hour and 20 minutes said we're not springsteen we don't play three hours you know so
0: yeah, yeah. so
2: we're good. very lucky it's it's a it's a blessing and maybe that's what this doing this album is like let's like you know this the first album is an important record it's seminal. it was you yeah. know of that time it was a big record let's give it a do like a proper real approach to it
1: well how do you guys feel yeah. if i were if i may because uh, i know david has something he wants to jump into but but how, what how do you how does it make you feel uh when i say that you know it's i'm going off of something you said tim is uh is when when i or just anybody says that record the the first junkyard r- r- introduced a a way to do something that it was not being done uh, there is a style that you guys are, are are doing that was created. That, I mean, sure, there, there's raging slab and circus of power, and you could go with the rhino buckets and the you know whatever. But there was none of that. Sounds like junkyard. You
2: no, know, it's 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 of it's it's of a piece. Like it's of that. There is yes, there are bands that are similar, and it was a similar time. So yeah. there are certain elements of it that other bands touch on, but. You know there's just a certain unique element that David and Chris brought to it and then you and then yeah I think the punk thing really sifts through there that people don't really pick up on the punk roots of the band aren't necessarily on display but they're really you know you don't you wouldn't know them unless you're looking for them because they're they're, they're they're real punk.
3: underlined I mean you got yeah. Baker who's got that chunk and it's like you know to try to replicate that chunk I mean you could do it now sampling it but back then I mean, he could his right hand, he doesn't need a click track. His right hand is always perfectly in time. Wow. And uh, for us back then, I mean, that was that was a seal of approval for punk rock is that chunk. And it, it was, you know, for me, it was a lot of that drums is like making it do, da, do, da, do, da. It's it's the umpa beat, but you slow it down, it's yeah. boom, bah, boom, 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 start to play behind the beat, throw a little yeah. jazz, throw a little hit, a little uh, swing to it, and then yeah. that's where you get something like Texas or Hot Rod. Hollywood has a swing to it, you know, and that's basically me playing really n- to the guitar, n- not at all to the bass. You know, it's like me playing off of Chris's uh, thing. Yeah, so what a lot of that.
1: What you're where you're that, kind of taking that is like Texas uh, feels like uh, like the the sleaziest, swaggeriest, if that's a fucking word, rose tattoo song
3: it's yeah. it's it's the it's the it's, soundtrack of walking out of a strip joint you're like and, and boom pa 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 boom pa same thing
1: but it's uppity <laughs> but it's uppity and angry and and right it's, exactly it's, it's uh back to back a little bit like la punk means the texas swing that brought that david and chris took out there when they hooked that's really up. it yeah yeah, yeah. la we, punk and the text I think what is, makes it yeah. stand
2: out a little bit is the is the underpinnings of the punk backgrounds of the of yeah. most of the guys who are making that record it's a know? great
1: it's yeah. a really great marriage that that spewed forth uh a a great a great sound and my my point was just that i don't think that there's really another band that sounds like what you guys are doing i hope not I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know you're not millionaires because of you're it. Right. But yeah. That's that well, doesn't matter. Yeah, so. that doesn't. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Uh, I think that something really awesome was created. So
2: yeah, it's, it's it's was so great, it was a great. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's it's an album. I mean, recording it, pre-production, everything from the minute we got signed until it came out. I mean, for us, it was it was a a great time. It was a fun time. We, we, you know, there was a couple of low moments where we all had it when we got signed where you get this million dollar deal, but you have no money, but we, you know, we did like what we normally do because we're a bunch of punkers and we know how to, you know, get through things and do it ourselves. So it was a, it was a great time. And, uh, when it came out, it was, uh, it was unexpected that Hollywood, was going to do as well as it did for us we just thought okay hollywood's going to be out there to make way for the next single and then all of a sudden you know we get the hip clip of the week and all that stuff it's like oh okay very strange for us but great time what do you
1: how do you respond when i say david sometimes uh rants about like uh i feel he says something like i feel like i sold out when i got the big sold out to my punk rock friends when i got the big deal
3: but Didn't sure he. as shit, he cashed those checks.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, fuck yeah, he did. When you don't have <laughs> hey, man. Any...
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm an old punker. The first thing I ever put out was in 1980. I don't give a shit. Pay me. <laughs> right, right. Hey, hun- hungry, I, I, hungry is hungry. Pay <laughs> hungry. Hungry is hungry. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I, always I understand his feeling, though. The yeah, class, of course. The of course. Sex Pistols and the Ramones were all on major labels. What's yeah. the did yeah. get it. I mean, Right.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't. Was,
2: David Rooks is not more punk than Johnny Rotten. I don't care what he thinks. You know what I mean? I I can get it. I get where he's coming from. But I, the outsider never saw Junkyard as a band that sold out at all. I thought that was a, they, I thought the industry moved to them. They were, the ministry started moving that way. That's right. They weren't a pretty boy band. This was the beginnings of the move, you know, and that rec, they got signed before Junk before um, Appetite even came out. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like they were on some coattails. I look at that record because I was there when it was being made, and I was playing. I was on shows, opening all stuff. I got to see it from inside, but also from outside. I could I see it as a real reflection of what that little time was like, (laughs) where in our little world. And when it goes out wider, you're kind of like. Wow, look at that. They really respond to this. I hear Hollywood, and I think of it like, oh, yeah, it's like when me and Roach were on Wilt and we walked out to the 7-Eleven. I mean, that's what our daily lives were. And it was just, there was just like random shit going on, weird clubs, all that stuff. We were all in there together in this soup. And that record, to me, was really just a reflection of like the lives that we all were kind of living, hand to mouth, trying to make yeah. your band happen, driving beat up cars, all that shit. We were all there doing it. So when I heard when the record came out, I go, oh, it's really, it's really representative of what's going on. And I kind of thought like, are people interested in what's going on here? Cause it, we were, right. like, God, <laughs> we can't wait till we can get out of this kind of like, we thought we were living in the ghetto and it was dangerous. And all those things were true. Little did we know we were having the time of our lives. You know, we had yeah, a yeah. I mean, we had so much fun because we had to make our own fun. You know, you have yeah. to, it wasn't like getting money. So you'd have, you know, parties after gigs and you know, once your band gets going, you could get into clubs and you see all your friends and bands and it becomes very that and you don't end up spending a lot of money which was important because we didn't have any fucking money. Even yeah, and I, I got signed. I didn't have any dosh. Yeah, I had nothing. You know, I think yeah. I got a. I, I moved up to a one bedroom as opposed to sleeping on a couch kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I, I got, big I got it wasn't a big, woo, I still had a Peter car. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So I understand I think about, I think about that record. It's like all oh, that time, and maybe that's why yeah. I'm so fond of those songs. Playing them, and maybe David isn't as much because he's just like, oh, I've done that. But I, I, I see it. I it brings back kind of you know fond memories of my youth. I guess even though I was, you know, and I was there, I guess I, 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 re, I relate to that part of it as much as anything, mm. you know, plus it's good fucking songs. I mean, good songs are interest me in any, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's, that's the point that, yeah. I, th- I think Roach says that in jest to be honest, you know, I,
3: no, I think <laughs> no. I, I, you know what? I have to agree with him, but I'm going to agree with David on the sophomore release more than the first album as far as selling out, because that, that six of sevens, nines, musically we didn't sell out but uh visually we we uh me david and todd have a stigma against that all the time in the world video because it was like we're gonna clean you up we're gonna make you pretty we're gonna put you on mtv you're gonna open up for you know you're gonna be on saturday night live it's like no we're not you're gonna you're cleaning up a pig fuck off it ain't gonna work but you've had the video the video was fun to be made. It was also a two day shoot that was 150K that we you know, come on, really? It's like right. couldn't we have like split it in half so that the other half we got to split to eat? But um right. I understand David's aspect on the selling out aspect was yeah. because we were asked, can you guys clean up?
1: Man, There's a wardrobe a whole, budget. That's a that's a whole
3: you know, uh you know, that's that's a whole,
1: clean up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's an, that's a whole other show, 150k to make a video. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we, and, you know, that video, the money spent. Really? <laughs> the, the money spent to make a video. I make a video sitting in this chair
3: yeah, today. Exactly. I'm being
1: yeah. serious. I do. I make video. You know, I I, I blur the backdrop or whatever. You know. I make. Yeah, yeah. I have an ed, I have editing software now. I don't care. Uh, I want to promote something. I can. I can make a yeah. fucking video for nothing.
3: The let's, funny thing is, like the all right? the all think, time, the all the time in the world, video.
2: I think six or seven to nine is also very representative. of It's time. Oh, it's a good album. What's a, it's a good album. It's a very. I look at it, is that that you could see the darkness was creeping in. Like things yeah. were going. Thing, the, the the edges were fraying. I'd already been cycled through and dropped by that point. So that's how fast things were moving back then. I'd been signed, made record, dropped, was coming out the other end. A lot of people had and. Yeah and i think they all i was i mean i was in the room but i wasn't in the band but i was you know I, these the sense was like oh fuck you know this thing could all go tits up any minute and and the darkness of that and maybe crawling a bit more in the bottle because you feel sense of desperation there was plenty of that going around you know, a lot of people had start you start to see the bits where it was getting it wasn't it wasn't a beer buzz anymore. It was a heavier thing. And I think that yeah. record really reflects it. I mean, you look at the cover, it's it's dark, it's everything's a little out of focus. Yeah. Well, when you got a that's when, a very reflective a, record too. I think the first record is so though yeah. it's talking about dark things, it's pretty bright. It's happy. And the second oh, yeah. record you can see that the darkness is starting to get in there a little bit, and it was real because everyone yeah. was like, Where's this fucking thing going? And that was yeah. Proper, first, that was Nirvana. You know what I mean?
3: First album, you have first album. You have Happy Hot Rods. Second album, you have Nowhere to Go but Down. It's like yeah. wow, fuck. <laughs> it, yeah. how dark and that yeah. <laughs> so a
0: lot of a lot of your fans point to that record sixes, sevens, and nines as, as one of their as their favorite, and yeah. so, and, it's, yeah. and it's it's so so difficult to get a hold of. Has there ever been any talk about reissuing it in some form? Because I know a lot of people would love that.
3: Once we get to that, uh, once we get to that point, I believe with Universal, uh, I think it's the thirty-five year mark. Then it reverts back to us, which all of that stuff is starting to happen now. Like I'm starting to get uh, emails from Universal about some kind of uh, <clears throat> royalty uh, thing, you know, that goes back to two thousand. So they're starting to release all that stuff. That being said, um, <clears throat> we've talked about getting a lawyer and, and getting that getting that uh, release back to us proper. So that's probably a few years away because that'll be when it hits 35 years or whatever. Or we may be able to broker it early, but that also
2: involves getting an attorney and all that, you know. They, They don't care about the record until you ask for back and then they care about it.
1: Right, yeah, of, <laughs> of course. And <laughs> of you're course. talking about hitting right. the masters or at least the, yeah. m- the mixed out. Whatever. The yeah, exactly. Out, it's full, end, it's, really, it's yeah. supposed yeah. to
2: revert. I mean, that's yeah. the law. You're supposed to revert records at 35 years.
1: Well, I want to yeah, get that, that first fucking Toys record and reissue it on my own and fucking make, make, the, money, the, make the money go right to me and Scott's account, you know? There
2: you go. <laughs> <All
1: right. laughs> In theory, if you get
2: reversion, you can press your own and be on your way. You
1: know? Right, wow we jumped we jumped ahead a little
0: bit and i i wanted to talk real quick just just briefly again about the upcoming dates with uh with with chris uh because as someone who lives in austin um, you guys have come to Austin and played, and I was always kind of hoping that Chris would get on stage with you and it never really happened. And then the last time it did, and then I was excited that, okay, Chris is on stage and, and they're doing the, they're doing the thing, but now you, you guys actually talked him into doing a string of dates, like, oh, yeah, like he, I mean, this is going to be the first in, you know, decades. So yeah how how did that phone call go how did you guys talk him into coming out and getting in the van and doing a string of dates outside of texas
3: god was it even a phone call or was it like hey do you want to just do it and he's like yeah sounds good
2: yeah, I, mean, I, think he, I think he had fun and you know as yeah. you get older fun is in short supply i think that's part of it yeah like playing the songs and it's a, it's a we pitched him the concept like let's just do the first record like that'd be fun that was because that had been floating. And once Chris came into the fold again and was, had done that thing, it was always in the back of our – it was the back of the mind. Like, well, that would be the way to do it. And then he was really interested in doing it. And I think what happened was some promoter pro- approached us about doing the show. And we hadn't done one for a while for a bunch of different reasons for a long time. But then I was like, yeah. well, if we were going to do it, what would we do? You know, what would make it interesting or exciting as we come back after having been off for over a year? And that was sort of there. And then I think Chris – Pat was the one who had the contact with him, but you know we've had a, a, a Zoom band meeting and all these other things, and it's you know yeah it, it, I think we're trying to make ourselves as comfortable as possible within reason these days, but you know I think he's we all are prepared and he's prepared for it. it's not like you know it's not a luxury cruise, but he right. is not doing the Monsters of Rock cruise because that was that deal was done. I don't know. Two years, and ago. He's, got he's got to earn. He's got, got to hear to on his, his way day. on the boat. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. And um, but he, so we, so we set up some West Coast dates. Basically, the, our haunts. You know, the Viper rooms are our yeah. clubhouse, bottom of the hill in San Francisco. So we're we're playing San Diego brick by brick. We're last time we were there with Danko right before the pandemic. Well, that's on the right. 23rd of March. Then we're at the Viper room on the 24th. All these are with Little Caesar. The first uh, Cali dates are with Little Caesar. Um, the twenty-fourth, we're at the Viper and then twenty-fifth, we're at um uh brick I'm sorry, bottom of the hill in San Francisco. And that one's fun because we're doing the one meet and greet that we're they're doing on this whole run. And I think we're probably from the Texas ones too. I don't know if we're gonna do anything, any of them from the Texas right. shows too, but it's um a a little more more elaborate than just a step and repeat with a poster. We're gonna actually Chris, David, and I are gonna get up and do um some acoustic songs, some songs acoustic. Um, Our buddy Ace Von Johnson is gonna come out and MC it and uh, DJ it. And then um, I assume, you know, he'll be hanging around too. And so it's at a brewery down the street from the venue. So when you come and get a ticket, you get free beers and it's someplace to go. We find that our, we have fans who maybe would travel in for a show. And a lot of times we find the million around the club around five o'clock, what do I do in this town? So we're like, well, this is a great idea because they can go somewhere. Yeah. They don't have to sit yeah. at the venue, which isn't open yet. And yeah. um, so we're doing that. In a, so San Francisco has a has a kind of an acoustic meet and greet like that starts around five and then we play there. And then the last show we come back, we're in El Segundo, south of LA, doing uh, uh, South Bay, South Coast, thank me. South, Coast, south Bay
3: Customs. South Bay, south Customs. Bay Customs, yeah.
2: On Sunday, the 26th. And then it's was a Rock. And then we're in Texas, Cinco de Mayo at um, ACL, ACL. And mm-hmm. then. Uh, the oh, next the place that we're playing
3: in Dallas is uh, some. Uh, uh, where is it what's called? The venue
2: in Dallas? There was a change.
3: It'll be confirmed by the time this comes out. It is Three Links. Three Links? Three Links. Yeah. De- yeah. Bellum. I've heard, of it. Yeah.
2: I've heard, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, and then we're doing Cooters down in Eagles Pass with our buddy Will, and um, that's all we have for right now. That's it. That's it. So we're yeah. kind of let's yeah. see how this goes and yeah, go from there. And
0: well, I, I think the doing the first album in, in its entirety and then having Chris along for a string of those dates is a real treat for 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 your fans. Um, I wanted to know also whatever happened to what's the status of the new music? Because you guys one or one of you guys sent me about six tracks months ago. Yeah. And I was listening to it again recently, and it's you know, six tracks is half an album and it's and it's good stuff. That's so where are we with that?
2: Well, originally the plan was um the single Lifer and Last of Dying Breed were just gonna be on the new record. And I got, we got bogged down about how we were going to do this new record. What did we have the songs? All these other things. And so I was kind of like, let's just put out a single. You know, people do singles a lot. And that was the idea behind Life as kind of a teaser. Um, we didn't plan, the, our hiatus wasn't planned. I had my fan, there was somebody, my wife had some health issues for the last year, and we're just coming out of the woods on that, thankfully. But once that hit, I, I shut everything down. I said, I can't, I'm not going to do anything but that. So the fact that we're coming out is is evidence that things have improved on my, my home front, which allowed me to refocus on other things in my life besides that. And um, so the record got back burned basically. That's really it. I mean, it's there. Most of it's there. I think we'll need a more, a few more. And that actually was the first thing that we, I talked to Chris about when we were in, Awesome. Right, I saw yeah. you. And I was like, you know, we got basically the record, but man, but we could use some stuff. And he's like, I'll give you some stuff. So my hope is that we can get Chris to at least write a bit on this. And then we'll get we got to go in and knock the fucker out. I mean, that's the yeah. reality. And we there's a, a bunch of different scenarios about how we could do that. Um, uh, you know, but we do need to go out and actually just record it. So um, and then there's also talk about um, recording a bunch of these for a live album as well. The shows were coming up. Let's yeah. Have a live album come out of it. Uh,
1: that's exciting. It make
2: a lot of sense. We wow.
3: will be recording anything
2: audio-wise. hopefully they'll get, allow us to. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. get a, get full versions of everything from. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, versions, the tracks so. the
0: tracks that you sent me. I think there was one called "Rank Outsider." Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good feet uh yeah. red blooded son. yeah is that right and yeah those yeah, are right. yeah. Those are and, and those are great man they are right in the junkyard wheelhouse so uh I, yeah
2: they need to they need to get doing i really like we we even banged around we rank outsider a little bit live i think didn't we pat like it was a, it was a yeah. song for a while we those just, songs they, that you ever got,
3: got Dave. Those, I mean, they basically you'd kind of, Tim, you did those during lockdown, right? And like the, you know, maybe the first time, like the first, like the month of the virus, or the uh vaccine was available. So we were all, you know, separated. I bought an electronic drum set. So it oh, would, that's you right, know, yeah. play along and all that shit. But, and, and then David actually recorded some vocals and uh it, it t- the songs that you have, David. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this album, to me, this upcoming album, whenever we get a chance to do it, and and David has alluded to this as well in the past. This this next album, it, look out! And you've heard some of it, so just look, you know, imagine that fully produced and tweaked yeah. and everything. It's going to blow people's fucking minds.
2: I should. I'm very proud of
3: So I'm on. Yeah, fear. Nah, th- like, shut up, Tim. It sounds good. No, I was talking to someone.
2: We were talking to someone last night, and I, they were talking about high water, and I said, you know, my goal. You know, when we were making it, because I worked on that for seems like forever.
0: Great album. Yeah.
2: And my goal was that there would, it would at least be an argument that it's just, it's in the same, it's in the conversation with <clears throat> the first two records. Like, could it be a justifiable <laughs> argument that High Water can sit along those two? And if, yes. I'm not saying we win the argument or whatever, but if there was at least an argument for it, I could, I had considered I, we had achieved what we set out to do, at least in my that. mind as the producer. Yeah, oh, I got to do this new record. I'm like, well, shit. Now I think it's got to be as good as high water, you know? So I always have that, you know,
0: <laughs> well, that, that's, that's great that you're setting the bar so high for yourself, because I, I thought high water and you guys, you guys know this. I thought it was a fantastic record. And I've said, and I've written reviews where I said it stands alongside those first two junkyard records. Uh, no problem. And the thing I like about the new songs that I'm hearing is that I hear a little? I don't know if you'd call it a progression, but there's a slight, you know, a little, uh, a little different sound. It to me it leans a little more hangman sort of, you know, cow punk more so than like metal and i never yeah. thought of you guys as a metal band but i, I think i'm making yeah. my point there's I a, know you are yeah i, I
2: think there was a, a kind of it, they started just happening this way but there's a bit more roll in the rock on this one there's a little more rock and rolly so yeah a little more, i mean i don't want to say stones because it's not that but you know there's some of the songs that i wrote i was i was like you know thinking like status quo almost like kind wow. of this big riffy swingy thing i really love that you know what i mean yeah, um, and you know, Todd actually wrote a couple of cool little riffs that became songs, and it's, he has this kind of like inherent Aerosmith pocket in the way he plays, writes
1: stuff. Yeah. I, I just cherry. Oh, froze again. But right. I, I
3: survey says. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the square says. Uh, he's I back. Think, okay. I, I think
2: the general thought I had was like. Let's be a little more rock, a little more roll on our rock. Like with the, the uh, high water lean punk, I'll say that, mm. with uh, some, you know, different elements. But I think it'd be, if we just get a little more swingy on this, you know, I don't know. I just, it, but you got to go where the writing takes you too. I mean, the songs are yeah. going to take you where they're going to take you. So yeah, uh, I think it's I think, still a work in progress, but. Um, I
0: think my, my point is that it, there's a slightly different flavor of Junkyard, but it's still familiar at the same time. So anyone who's a Junkyard fan, this is not going to be a severe oh, no, yeah. turn that's going to lose you. It, but I do hear right. uh, some different textures and different flavors to it, but it, it's all in that Junkyard wheelhouse. And I oh, think yeah, it yeah. sounds great. Yeah, I and mean, I'd yeah. love to see it get, you know, added five more songs or whatever and releases a proper album when the time is right.
2: I mean, I think I, I look at every junk record starting from the first on through. There is a progression. Some people may not see it, but we know when we're doing some I thought right. faded was I thought life to faded was a progress. I mean, there was progression there. And yeah. and, and maybe it's just exploring certain at facets of the sound and some other things, but I, I always am looking for us to move forward in some way, and it might be really subtle things. Like I call it, you know, it's a difference of silk degrees. Like I'll notice just little things that we're doing slightly new or different in each of these new songs, and I'm 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 always looking for that. Like how can we kind of, you know, rejigger this without you know, getting too far from what the core of us is, and then also try and bring new elements in and keep it exciting for us. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. Junker Records always really honest about where we're at and what we're doing and what we're into. It's always been that way. That's why people relate to them so much. David's like incapable of being dishonest, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. that's that's really important. So like musically honest is also important to us too. You know, but I would talk about Junkyard it has such a great foundation. The, the, the basic core concept, sonically, of the band is so solid. You can do a lot of stuff with it, but you also know, like, it's a really strong table. There's no reason to weaken a leg just for the sake of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so it's always like, we have this. This is great. We're so lucky to have it. Like I was talking about with Simple Man, like, wow. Oh, yeah. We have, you know, Woo! now, you know, what can we build around that? Where can we, you know? Right. The, And so sometimes we're just nipping at the margins of change, but to us, it's still a progression forward, you know?
0: Sure, yeah. And it's important that you guys keep it fresh for yourselves as well. You know, there's yeah. Got, that way,
3: it makes it interesting for us. I mean, I mean, it's like the last David thing you want to do is over and over. Yeah, I mean, David, like,
2: David's, you know, David's wow. the king of that. He's even he's more so forward thinking than me. He, I'm very new, new, new. He's like ten times that. He's like, oh, I'm bored of high water. great. He's always like moving forward. <laughs> I'm standing right, that, all right next song just, <laughs> you know, it's a, it takes a lot of brain. It takes a lot of you know, we, we curate stuff very thoroughly. I that's we're probably yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. we are. Everyone says, "What takes you all so fucking long?" Because we fucking go over everything. Like we really we put it under things. the
3: microscope. I mean, we got the big, we got the, we got the, we got the world's best bullshit detector, and Todd Muscat when it comes to everything, you know. So yeah. it's got to go through him, and then it sifts through them, and then it goes back again, and then it goes back to him, and it's a. Uh,
2: and it's not it, about in the, the present presentation of the music. Like I like our records rough and ready. That's not what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's the content, like what are we saying? What is yeah. the sonic imprint of this? What is this about? All that kind of, i mean, we don't have those conversations like out loud. We're not Coldplay or some shit. But you know, <laughs> there is a sense that when when something isn't ringing true, like if, if it's not just clicking, the thing people the bullshit meter goes off, and a lot of us are like, eh. and so we'll know half—we'll know halfway during like four beats into a verse, it's like nah, nope.
3: It's like we all stop at the same time without even looking at each other. Like no, nah, it ain't working. Yeah. It's a gut feeling, and you know, Jason, you know this. It's like. If it ain't working, no, fuck
1: it. Next, you know. Yeah, that 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 leads me to want to know. I mean, there's not one way to write a song, but when you no. guys are doing, you know, one of your processes, you mm-hmm. know, everybody has a process, but it, they have multiple processes. Uh, you know, is it you guys riffing and just jamming on a part in a room, or do you guys email parts to each other? And
2: it's an email, yeah, it's an email. I mean, we'll occasionally jam on stuff. Sometimes I'll have rough ideas and bring them into rehearsal and say let's monkey about with this. Right. I think a good example of that was la- the song Love. that's had a pretty kind of had a long gestation period. Um, yeah. It came in as, a- David had a verse. You know, he had most of the he had most of the pre-chorus and some of the first verse. I think we were monkeying about. I had some of the chord changes, and actually, Jason, you played a part in this. How this ended up happening? Oh, right, yeah. And yeah, we yeah. started monkeying about with it, and we even got into rehearsal. And I think we, I kind of came kind of came away going, eh, "Chorus is not really it. It just right. wasn't happening. It there's really good elements, but it's not there." And and um, so pretty common is um, and life or last dying breed is. A lot of high water was done like this. Uh, there'll be a germ of an idea either created by Brian or me, or David even has full blown songs that he just sings and I'll bang out the chords and work underneath, you know, trying to figure out what the choral structure would be underneath his vocal. He'll right. sing it and I'll just kind of. But I've done that before. That's a perfectly fine way to work. But say for like Life, or we were kind of monkeying about with it, and Brian happened to be in town and he had a couple things and he's like, let's get together and have a little, you know song pool about what we have going and this here's the story we were i was playing him this he was playing me that we had a few of these songs we are some of these demos and last of dying breed was something brian had and he played it for me and i was like well that's fucking great you know let's, what, let's let's knock that out right there and um i remember i had him play it straight through into into logic but i didn't even put a drum beat or anything i didn't even turn on the click i go just play it and then I said, let me see if I can one, you know, and then he laughed. and I went, I said, maybe I could drag some drums in here to make it sound right. And his meter is so good. Without a click track, he played the whole thing in fucking time. It was unbelievable. unbelievable. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I got moved like two bars. It was wow. <laughs> he had no, he had just, his internal meter. And that song is a stop Great. and start. It's really easy to, you know, yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker. So in that session, we I was playing in life for bits and bobs. And he's like, yeah, you know, I see what you're saying. And, we were kind of hemming and hawing. We had some of the lyrics and we were, you know, David wasn't there, it was just the two of us. And then we got in talking about our last trip to, our last December trip to to Texas, whenever this was, it was a few years back. And he says, and I said, and I said, oh, I ran to Jason, you know, broke his teeth open, it was great. And then he's like, oh, it's Jason, how's he doing? And I just turned around and go, oh, he's a lifer. And we went, bang, and that was it. <laughs> that was, and he goes, lifer. And I wrote the chorus right there, you know, and, Nice. I said, to David, he changed the line or two in the course, and that was it. So that's very it. Like lots yeah, of ideas, yeah. hopefully, some inspiration when you need it. And we had that. And then that kind of took us off. Like once we had Lifer, actually, it became. It's like, well, uh, now we do what last yeah. dying breeds. agreed about, too. It's like a it, well, it, it compendium, it's, you know what
1: I mean? I, whether I had anything to do with it or not, the, the interesting oh, yeah, thing is, is that everything is right in front of you all the time. It everything is, yeah. that you need is right in front of you all yeah. the time. So when you're writing, and you're writing especially honest rock and roll, where there's not a computer in the house, mm-hmm. you know, where you're not writing on a beep-boop-beep-boop, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> where you have wood and wire, and everyone's banging on wood and wire yeah you're creating something from nothing and when you have that blockage all the time there's something "Ah, i'm take a break i'll go watch tv and then you know the news will come on and somebody will say something i'll be that's it i'll run away you just sat down you just sat down (laughs) you know that same 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 and that was that was kind of a launching
2: off point and i don't know if you can it wasn't Next record, I thought, let's write about that's kind of an interesting idea. Like, what about us, these guys in their 50s who still do this fucking thing? You know what I mean? Right. It's I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want a depressed in the learjet you know, Bon Jovi image (laughs) of anything. But you know, I mean like, you know, and no one wants to hear about old people complaining about sitting in the back of a minivan for seven hours, but that's (laughs) That's the reality of life. (laughs) And how do you make that interesting? Because it is something we all still share as at least you know the five of us have been through a bunch of that and all yeah. the pushes and pulls of all that so we, some of that started to filter into you know like definitely the last of dying breed so then it would kind of gives you sort of you know some thematic idea about what are we going to talk about next and because it just wrote itself I'm like well if this came like this maybe there's more here maybe more to this story you know and um because I thought high I thought high water was about you know, it was a comeback, so there was, was a lot of redemption in, in a lot of those songs. Like, yeah. overcoming, redemption, you know, um, and also some reminiscence. A song like Faded is really about reminiscence and, like, yeah. throwing back your child. But that's something when you do when you're older, you know. You don't you don't reminisce when you're 21, generally. And so, you know, I thought this record might be, at least thematically, I don't, you know, it's not fucking Quadrophini, but I thought those two songs kind of wrote themselves that way and it's like well, it's obvious this is sort of something we're talking about a bit
1: yeah. I, yeah I like it i like it it's kind of like um lonesome cowboy he's on the trail yeah yeah right he's yeah, got a he's, yeah he's eating squirrel you know he's <laughs> yeah he's sitting there a can of beans and dead squirrel and he's Got a guitar with four strings on it yeah. and he's and he's just kind of talking about his life. It, it's it's the same thing as like the old blues guys when they didn't have a nickel, but they had a guitar with two or three strings on it. Right. They can't, they can't read or write. Yeah, Everything absolutely. right in front of them, they can barely talk. They, barely, they don't even know correct English, but they can yeah, right. they can write they're a thousand right. they can write a thousand fucking songs and they're all true. Yeah. Yep. It's the, the, the same, it's the same story, man.
0: Yeah. the video for lifer is awesome if anyone out there is uh, <laughs> listening that hasn't seen it it is a killer video and i'm not just saying that because me and jason are in it
2: if you knew how long <laughs> to curate that video, the video. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you talk about us like going like really take like we really go over our product this that is a great example those montages that flew by at the at the speed of light, he yes. argued and kibitzed about forever and
3: ever. <laughs> yeah, because each ever one of those was, was like know. a 10 to 15 minute conversation. And there's like, what, about 300 of them? Yeah. And, it, and I feel so bad for Todd because Todd's like, I hear you. I hear you. But then, I mean, that's the mark of a great fucking producer editor is like yeah. he, he takes it all in. And within 15 minutes, he's like, here's the new cut. It's like, oh, fuck. Well, done.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Who gets in, why they get in, all that. I mean, every person picked, there's a reason. Every single person that was chosen, there is a reason. It wasn't like, give me rock people on Google and just drag and drop. Like, every single person was curated. There was a reason every person was in. Some people don't know who everyone is. Right, yeah. Nick Nefarious Fox knew them all so we are going to have we of <laughs> course have <to talk laughs> about having a contest like the first one to get them all you know gets I don't know what the something. hell Give him gets a t-shirt or something like oh, that that's and a great. we all just felt like why just let's just send Nick Nefarious Fox the t-shirt yeah after, just send it I mean? already we will get even
1: anybody cuz i yeah, don't, you don't you should even know call it, them. you should call it the Nick Nefarious Fox <laughs> contest award. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you give and you, give, you just give him a bunch of swag already. So name <laughs> exactly. in the contest after you, so you can't be in the contest. Anyone who doesn't know
2: who Nick Nefarious Fox right. is, follow him on Facebook and you will get an education in all things rock and roll. He, knows he, educates, just about anybody he educates I know. me about my own
3: past. Yes. I'm like, wait. He's he's like, a lot ADHD about I did, our own what?
2: history.
0: Um, he's
2: like, oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. yeah. If
0: anyone like hasn't, hasn't seen the the Lifer video, go check it out. And I, can, I know exactly what you're saying, Tim. Uh, knowing you guys, when I look at that montage, it's like every image in that video has some connection to Junkyard. It's not just a random collection. It's like, it's the real deal. Awesome. I mean, if you watch that video you could build a record collection off of that video yes and you would yeah. be you would have the best record collection in town so it's an awesome video check it out junkyard lifer and uh yeah, sounds I, like
1: we need to have uh your friend on our show
3: i think yeah. yeah having nick on the show would be amazing he's a uh every time we go to the uk it's always a highlight to see him and uh i mean it, the conversations that i've had with him while it be brief maybe 35 45 minutes I just shut up and I let him talk. And it yeah. was just like, man, it was great. I mean, I ran into him hungover in London, uh, me and Todd ran into him hungover and he's like, well, let me take you for a cup of coffee. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm like, yes. School wow. me on everything. And th- at yeah. that point, that's when he told me I was in a band in 1983 that, uh, I didn't even know about. So <laughs> Tim, Tim just texted. He's going to come back on.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Here he is. No problem.
3: There we go. Sorry about that. So yeah, that's all right. T- so Nick is, uh, Man, I, and I bet Tim Nick lived out. He, he lived out in LA in the early 80s, yeah. or was it like 91. And then he split. He just, yeah. Oh, in 91. Okay. But yeah. he
2: wasn't here for like the big, you know, the he 88. Was here, he was here just after the wave receded. You uh, know I mean? Okay. The beach was still wet, but it wasn't what it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: The, Mo- Moses left town. The, yes, the, exactly. the sea, sea wasn't parted anymore. The waters were mixed together again. So we,
2: the we, we shut we probably the We look at that period as being like the, the decline. But if you came in from a clean, you're probably like, well, there's so much great shit going on here. So there was, we yeah, only yeah. we only could compare it to what we knew, you know, but yeah. that's, the, that's the inevitable thing about scenes. I, was, I mean, I, maybe I'm digressing a bit, but people talk about what happened when, you know, why did grow, all those kind of things is, well, when you yeah. scoop up all the good bands that made the scene, and send them on the road for two fucking years, your scene's going to dry up. I mean, they have to make a living. I'm not saying, but that's just the nature of it. It Happened happens in Seattle too. The bands go out and they go forth and become, you know, touring artists and all that stuff. And it's hard, there's hard to replace that level of talent all the time. It's just, it was too much to replace. That hadn't as much to do with as anything, you know, especially the the specific Hollywood scene. You know what I mean? Right. um, yeah. so I, I think he, Nick was there and it was, I mean, we were all still playing, still playing around, but it was just not, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't have the same level of excitement and energy, but that's a level that I think looking back, very few cities have ever gotten to, you know? Oh, I mean, for like, sure. Like, yeah. And so yeah. I, I, it's not surprising that it had a short, a short life, but you know, most scenes, you know, I always, th- I had a thing we should talk about, like when, if you can visualize, if you see a scene, like if you know there's a scene somewhere and it's happening, you've missed it. You know what I mean? You right, in them, yeah. you know, you like I think something's happening. You generally don't know. It's only kind of like, oh, this is starting. You could read about it oh, outside true. sources and things like that. But if you can visualize a scene or a trend, you've missed it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I think that's very true. Like it's you find the word finally filters out to all parts of the world about what's happening in Hollywood. Well, yeah, it was happening two fucking years ago. It just takes that it used to take that long for shit to get out.
0: You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pat I want to ask you uh um, um, your 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 snare drum you you're <laughs> you, you're you play you have a very unique setup you you play with the snare drum tilted away from you at a pretty extreme angle so yeah. wh- how did that come about
3: I fell down hurt my wrist skateboarding and then I went to a doctor and he said you need to twister drums <laughs> differently <laughs> now basically wow. uh i i i felt i would uh a couple of old dogtown guys were skating in a, in a in santa monica and this was 2015 uh we were skating in a very small like a five foot little uh half-pipe kind of thing well that's where you really get the most amount of damage is because you go straight from five foot to the bottom so for me i ended up snapping my left wrist back and uh so i went to a doctor that had a background with musicians and drummers especially and he looked at my setup because you gotta start tilting it like buddy rich man like tilt it to the side i'm like yeah man let's do that and every time i hit it i crack my knuckles i'm like no that ain't working so he just little by little we just tilted it towards the drum set towards you know the crowd i guess and uh, that's when everything started to feel better. But basically, it's an ergonomic thing, and uh, a lot of guys are doing it. I didn't realize that I was doing it at the same time that Jack White's drummer was doing it. And when we both met each other, I think the first thing that we said to each other is like, "You stole my, you stole my tilt." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so basically, that's where it comes from. And and now it's um, now I can now when I play regular like normal people play, it's like, oh, this feels weird, you know yeah so i blame it on skateboarding so
1: actually makes makes sense because i blame it on
3: this fucking thing
1: <laughs> right. actually makes sense because you know there's there's something different about having to turn your hand and not turn your hand
3: yeah exactly well the weird thing is is so you gotta you got a thing that's angled like that normally yeah. like you hit a drum and you're like eh, it's like ah, oh, it jars the motion well with right. this it's yeah. like you're going straight down right so it's an ergonomic thing but it's also weird. People sit down. You got to really. When I build my erector set, it's uh, you know every two seconds I'm tweaking everything because if I don't, I'm gonna break a knuckle. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's all comes from skateboarding, like everything else in my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, I was gonna ask you uh, for people that don't know, uh, you've alluded to this earlier in the conversation. You've been you've been sort of a member of the junkyard family you know, at least on the sidelines for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. and, and before that you, you talked about, you cycled in and out of the system. You were, um, in a band called, was it, is it broken glass? Is
2: that yeah. right? Yeah. Broken okay. Glass. Yeah.
0: So broken glass and you brought the song tried and true to junkyard. And before yeah. habits die hard was released, I was privy to some of the bootleg versions of some of the songs that ended up on uh, Old Habits Die Hard. And when I first heard Tried and True, I was like, oh, my God, that's a great song. That's amazing. And I didn't know that the origins came from you and Broken Glass. So so tell us a little bit about where was broken glass in the scene? What time frame? where were you compared to say like junkyard and faster, pussycat LA guns, those types of bands. Give I us think, a little background.
2: Yeah. We, I mean, I got in LA in the fall of 86 and I think Chris and David were some of the first people I met, honestly, oh. I, I was from DC originally. And so maybe we reached out to Chris because of our punk leaning, like go to the punk guy when, when in doubt, find the punks. And, um, we just became friends. They were living at Texas West and we'd see each other. We lived in the same shitty neighborhood, you know, so you kind of see each other at the 7-Eleven level kind of thing. I got a job on Melrose, start working on Melrose at a trendy shoe shop, which was okay. like your entree into the scene back then because Melrose was very happening. They were come around, Pat would come around there. I met Pat there, you know, yeah. sitting on the back of the shoe store with the, you know, and the guy who owned that store managed Ellie Guns, Allie, Allen Jones. So those guys were around. You just sort of like get immersed in it. I'd come out with some buddies. Some went by the wayside and some stayed around. And But through that, I met um, Alvin Gibbs, who started Broken Glass with me. And Alvin's in the UK subs, always has been. And he was the one to reach out to me about starting this band. I had this kind of, I'd come out with this together other guys. And we played some shows around, probably even open for Junkyard in this earlier version yeah. of whatever it was. Hmm. And um, or maybe Pirates of Venus or something like that. And so, yeah. Alvin had seen us and said, "Oh, well, you're a good songwriter. Let's start a band because that thing had fallen apart." So I started a band with Alvin, and then we got Mark Diamond, who's now in the Dwarfs, who was, was, in, the, was in New York, loose all that. I just met him. A buddy of mine gave him my phone. He, they, I need a guitar player. Call Mark Diamond. It was actually Tim P from Flies on Fire it gave me Mark Diamond's number. Ah. And Dicky was just a Dicky replaced Alvin. So we get going. Alvin had some notoriety, so we were able to get some good shows. Junkard put us on shows like instantly. We were open for Junkard, we were yeah, opening yeah. for you know the nymphs. We were opening for Funhouse, we were opening for whoever. And Kill for Thrills was coming up then. I was mm-hmm. friends with Todd. Um, and David, the drummer used to work at Flash Feet. We all worked at the same store. It was very small. Like, this is like we're talking about 13, 14 guys, all kind of just like playing. Junkard was a little bit further ahead. Um, but Brian wasn't in the band yet. Brian walked into Flash Feet h- about to break up Dag Nasty. I said, you should move up into Hollywood. He was down on the beach. He moved up. He ran into Chris at that 7-Eleven while he was out <laughs> crashing, trying to find his way. I got him a job at Flash Feet. And he ran to Chris at that 7-Eleven, right when they fired, when we needed a new guitar player. That's how that happened. Yep. Was just he'd happened to be in Hollywood hanging with me. And that's how all that happened. They knew each other from the punk days. Brian gets in Junkyard. So it's even more interconnected, like, and so we're doing yeah. tons of shows with them. We started, Junker was already making their first album, and, you know, they weren't playing much, and we got popular. You know, we played with the Hangman all the time. In fact, the Hangman's the reason we kind of got popular. We were trying to get, make it, you know, get going, and they dropped off a bill, and we slid into their slot, and we played uh, a headline slot at Screen Club, which at the time was like that major. Oh. And we went from being like, "Ah, okay, to like selling up the club lingerie on our own on a Saturday night. That's how the scene was. Like you get the right exposure, you got big. And we got on all those bills at at Scream Club where you're on with like Janes and Burning Tree and Social Distortion and all that stuff. So we were were doing all the right shows and we got a record deal as you did, you know. And um, we made an album regime change at label. We were on Chrysalis, same time as Slaughter. They had just got, and they came out like a month before us and sold a bunch. We came out and didn't sell fuck, fuck all. So, um, they dropped us. Um, we were trolling around looking for a new record deal for a while. Um, and that was one of the songs. I really thought that was like, well, this will save our ass. This fucking song. It's pretty good. Tried and true. We had it and I'd written it and I said, well, this might get us a record deal again. I thought, and we were doing it in shows. And it's not like anyone asked me. I just came in one day and they were playing it. So I said, well, oh, yeah, go for it, do it. You know, and David's like, what are the lyrics again? That kind of a thing, you know? So, um, and then and then that sort of began the process on that third record where I was brought in to write because I was at loose ends. And the idea was, well, just come in and write. You know, we need help. And so I wrote whatever's on of those of that whole time all those songs and then what came out on um old habits die hard um that's i wrote a bunch on that in fact that that yeah. line is a lyric from a song that i wrote on the record it didn't make the actual thing but that "Old <laughs> Habits die hard like ex-girlfriends and favorite bars those oh, things right, right yeah. up. i used to david used to i used to write lyrics with david all the time and he still brings things out that he said what is the one um and that song, Hellbound on High Water, that's an old lyric that I had kicking around when we were just writing lyrics for the third album. And that line where he you know, walks into a bar and they don't play no, they, he likes to shake it to the crew, they don't play Bob Dylan here. That was yeah. one of mine that he had, I'd had said it once or twice and he had jotted it down in the process of writing what was going to be that third album. So we were writing together a lot. Sometimes it would be music. Sometimes it would be lyric. I'd just chip it with lyrics. Sometimes Brian and I. So I was involved in it then. I think there was even discussion of maybe like, well, maybe you come because you could sing background vocals and. Right, right. Yeah. And talk there about was, yeah. Keyboards yeah. and we'll do have acoustic or whatever. It, it was all like multi purpose of, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll be a utility guy. if it, gets, yeah. it, it was all just discussion at that point. But all those, I was around a lot because they were also recording songs that I wrote too. So I'd go to the studio and see how they were coming out. And tried yeah. and true was one of those. And it was just yeah. there. And I was like, Oh, this sounds pretty good. I mean, I thought, I think they probably thought this, you know, I think there was a thought Pat could probably say if true, like, okay, here's our ballad for the album, you know? Yeah. Oh no, it was when
3: we recorded it, when we recorded tried and true at Rick Parker's place and, and you were down there, you were hanging out around with us in that backyard. We were like, and all of the, it was holding on, which I think you had a part of, Yeah. uh, and tried and true, uh, hard times. Land. I, I, there was some other shit, but, um, it was right at the tail end. Uh, it was like 1992, maybe 1993, oh, or something wow. like that. Yeah, because we got we got I think we got officially dropped in 93, 94, something mm-hmm. weird like that. But um, when we were recording those songs, the quality of it. Also, we you know we were just we were in the studio every day because well we had nothing else to do and that's you know Geffen was paying for our tab so. When we did those sessions, the Tried and True sessions with Rick Parker that came out on uh, the Tried and True EP or whatever, we were really on our game. And at that point, it was like, yeah, Tried and True, this is this is Simple Man on you know steroids. This is going to do it for us. Yeah. Little did we know that our third record would basically, basically what Geffen said with us on our third record is like, we'll put it out. Totally put it out, but we're not going to promote anything. We're not going to do anything. Basically, you're getting an album and that's it. Yeah. And it's like no tour support, no nothing. It's like no. It's like well, uh, okay. And at that point, then you know we knew the writing was on the wall. But
2: uh, I mean, yeah, just, the tried and true. Just, was, that just, was a I'm big not, song. I'm tried glad the sh- song has had some kind of afterlife. I, you know, I've, I've I've written a lot of songs, so it's nice. But that one seems to have connected. I see. Yeah, yeah. The odd tried and true tattoo and stuff like that, and a lot We're of people, that, yeah. my, my favorite junkyard song. And most people don't know I wrote it. I don't think.
0: Yeah, that, no, I don't that, think so. that's yeah. part of the reason I wanted to bring it up today is to give you credit where credit is due. But <laughs> but more importantly, I remember hearing it like uh, on a on a burned copy of a CD. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this song is a hit, man. And just like you're saying, Pat, it's like uh, this would have been the follow up to Simple Man had the world hey, had a chance to hear it, you know. So I'm, I'm glad it finally got a proper release on my yeah. yeah, still- hard record. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think
2: that's what the old habits die hard thing was. Like, let's put a bow on this. Like, it's all floating yeah, about, and there was, you know, can we come to a consensus about what's the quality here? And I had some, I felt some ownership because I had written so much of it too. So I had my feelings about it. You know, it's. I guess it's the first on record I was officially involved in, even though it, yeah, was you know was was it never came out as a real record, but um. So I, I you know. We kind of, yeah, there it is. And so we called down all the stuff that was supposed to be for the third album. There's always things that get, are going to get left out just to make it onto yeah. single, um, one piece of vinyl. But we weren't going to do some gatefold double album shit. So it was like, and, yeah. and, I, and our feeling was there was probably 11 or 12. There might've been good songs that just didn't, weren't executed right. And you can't go put that genie back in the bottle. So there's some yeah. of that too so was like, why didn't you put this on like, yeah, there, there's the idea of that is good, but it's not executed, right? And so you have to yeah. make some decisions that are sometimes hard. And that's that's what representing that album a little bit. Like the song, you know, the song Old Habits Die Hard didn't make it. It's a good song. It's just, it was a little, yeah. <laughs> it just didn't, the, the, the version wasn't great or I don't know what the fuck it was. You know what I mean? So, it
3: didn't hold. It didn't hold up. Didn't compared hold to up the other well. stuff. Yeah. Also, Some people it's love it. make,
2: Some the best song on there. But you're always going to get that. So yeah, I yeah. think
3: what was it, it was a five of us plus our label and everybody. All right, submit your, you know, your top eleven or twelve songs or whatever. And I think all of our songs were exactly the same. Yeah, so was it was like And that was that. That song was always left off. But then the lyric was always so classic. It's like, well, this makes sense. You know, to call call it that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If anyone listening hasn't picked up old habits, die hard, pick it up. It was intended to be the third junkyard record. And, it, and even though it came out years and years and years later, it does sound like the third junkyard record. It sounds like it could have. come out after. <laughs> so if, if you're a fan of the first two, you owe it to yourself to get that third one, even though it came out many years later. Um, we just lost Gary Rossington the other day. And I know that, uh, junkyard toured with leonard skinner do you have any uh gary rossington stories I, I, and i guess tim wasn't in the band at the time were you
3: no, no. but tim was there and in and, uh, and it, tim's our, our stories about gary were pretty normal but tim's story is probably the best
2: <laughs> oh geez. actually they asked me to come down and you know they were they were doing the skinner tour maybe it was one of the last shows of that tour but that was i the think it was yeah tour, so it was a big deal and it was sheds and arenas and stuff like that and um so Brian's like, oh, come down to the, you know, to the OC show. It'll be a hoot. It's a nice venue. Little Caesar was on the bill. And yeah. so I get down there and they'd been there all day, you know, because they they would just go and shower the venue. You know the, the drill, Jason. So like no hotels, bus. So they're there all day. And it's a nice backstage. And all that stuff. So I go in the backstage and it's middle of the day. We're, of course, like drinking beers and whatever, you know, and being our usual, like, let's have some beer. And there was a gotcha. catering thing and Junkyard at the time, uh i assume just got a couple fists of jack daniels and cartons of cigarettes and case two cases of or whatever the fuck it was but there's a couple two remember, socks a couple t-shirts of, of jack daniels on the <laughs> on the catering table and it's like cement room you know what these rooms look like these dressing rooms and uh so we're all kind of sitting there talking and um in the doorway walks gary rosington and he looks just like gary rosington he's not like in day of day of show outfit, he's like in show outfit, but it's noon. And so he's got like, you know, he wears got, the long shirt. And he's got the cowboy boots and the bell-bottom jeans and the hat and he's pulled down. He's got to go tee. And he, I mean, we're all like, you know, I I hadn't been on the road there for months. This is the first time I ever seen a member of Skinner in person. I grew up on fucking Skinner. I'm like, wow. And I'm like, wow, it's fucking Gary Rustin. And he's, he's like, how are you boys doing? And we're like, uh, we're good. You know, just like, <laughs> and you <he> guys <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind of just sits, sits there and he's like, all right, all right. He walks in the dressing room, walks over to the catering table, grabs the fifth of Jack Daniels, turns around and walks out. And right by the doorway, there's one of those big, tall plastic trash cans. He just kind of turns around and just kicks the trash can over, all the shit flying out into the dressing room and walks out. Doesn't say anything. I'm just like... I'm like, wow, that was awesome. You know, he was so <laughs> great. I was like, fuck Gary Rossington. He just grabs a fifth of Jack, takes over a trash can, and walks out of the opening band's dressing room. Like, oh yeah, they're intimidated. Don't worry. They're intimidated. Okay. <laughs>
0: wow. That's great. classic. So yeah. Gary Rossington trashed your dressing room. That's great. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> we all were just like, I think he walked out. We all went, <laughs> oh, this is so awesome. We were so excited. There was a there we little teenagers it was like, oh my God. Though. <laughs>
3: you
2: so fucking cool. <laughs> that was that's my one Gary Rossington story. That was a pretty good one though. Yeah, I love
0: good. it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. You guys, uh, you've got Chris Gates coming out with you for a few shows here and there. Has there ever been any talk about Brian Baker coming out and doing anything, or is he just so busy with Bad Religion that I mean, that's...
2: he's due. There's no doubt. I mean he he's done a yeah. bunch with us. But Chris left originally. He came in and f- was the guy, you know? It was only when yeah. it became obvious that we were going to have to tour with High Water a lot more than we had before, that we're like, we got to get someone who could just come you know, he had a lot of shit going on, obviously. Yeah, and, guy, yeah. So it was originally, you know, originally I came in and started playing Brian's parts in the band with when it was Chris. And then Chris left and I took all of Chris's parts and Brian came back and did his parts. <laughs> and so... But Brian's do. I imagine if it's, the timing is right, yeah. he's signing with us at M3. It's a, yeah. very much being in the same place and the availability and all the other kind of thing. But I think with the right environment, he would love to do it. I know he loves doing it. It's fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. different from Bad Religion. It's always the hoot, you know? So I mean,
3: even um, during the time in 20, 2014, 2015, 2016, while he was in Bad Religion, he did a couple shows with us at the Viper Room. And he did a show with us, two shows with us at the Whiskey, one in yeah, Van Nuys yeah. with Bucket. So it's uh, he's
2: around, you know. He's writing yeah. on this new record. He wrote a ton on yeah. High Water with me, you know. He played on High Water. I mean, he's around. It's not yeah. like he's not around. He's he's in the ether. He's contributes still. His his physical presence is rare, but his actual intellectual property it, is more prevalent than people probably realize. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: What What would you say has been the highlight since the band has been reactivated since 2017?
2: Hmm.
3: There's been a, there's been a lot. I mean, we had one year where I think we did, we got close to the most amount of shows that we used to do back in the day. And I want to say that was like 2018 or 2019, 2018 yeah. or 17. I mean, I think we tallied it and it was like, Oh, we've, we did, we did a significant amount of like 80 shows or something like that. It's like, Oh, that's, that's up there for like 1989, 1990 for us. And, uh, that point, at the end of that year, I think it was. Uh, that was a highlight for me. I think because it, I think it was the last show out of those eighty shows in San Francisco, and it was a it was a fun show. I think it was might have been New Year's Eve or something like that. But uh, yeah. that's a highlight for me. But I mean, in general, every show is a highlight because at our age, just getting. Walking out of the house is a highlight. Fuck. I mean, there's a lot of that. Like, you know,
2: we're just, I mean, if people turn up still, I consider that a highlight. It's a mir. It's yeah. kind of a miracle, you know. We're blessed that people still have interest, you know. And sometimes there're more people that have more interest, and sometimes there're less. That's the nature of it, yeah. you know. But I guess the highlight, you know, I mean, I think high water being so well received, or especially when yeah. Fade came out, we had no idea what that was going to be about, you know. And then when that was on a uh, cool song in the world on little steven and aired for months i'd hear it all the time and it's the one time i was driving my kid to school because i have serious and i he would we'd play the radio and i would come on and that's the only time in my life yeah. that it happened and it would and he, i would take him to school in the morning and and it'd be i and it would, you know say 7 20 which you know is prime drive time on the garage yeah. and it would come on and he's like that's you and i go yeah yeah <laughs> And then you get back in the car, pick up four o'clock or whatever, and, and it just by having heavy again. rotation, it was back on again. He's like, I'm <laughs> playing it again. And I go, it's an heavy rotation. Who the fuck knew? You know what I mean? And for some reason, it stayed in heavy rotation for longer than the average one. And so that was, that's kind of a high, I mean, just to hear yourself in your own car is yeah. pretty neat. And especially later. I'm just talking about like, this is like, you know, we were in our, that record came out, we were all probably 50, right? Or close to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, it was like, wow, this is happening now. And then I remember we were playing M three, which would end up being a that was a highlight. Show. Yeah, like, we kind of go into a lot of the shows. Like, do we are they? Do people know us or like us? I don't yeah. know. we don't know. And we played. it. We had a great show. But the label called and said, oh yeah, you guys that record, the album's gonna fucking chart on some metal chart in the actual Billboard. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> you fucking know, All these things were just beyond, like we, you know, we thought, like, like the, oh, okay, in our mind, the hardcore fans would buy this record and it would be cool. But you yeah. know, and then it's, you know, it was it was critically well received. That's also very nice. And yeah, and there are like I've talked about there are some people that's their entry point to Junkyard. Like, yeah. oh, you made other records? Like, yeah, there was a couple a long time ago. So <laughs> some, we made some fans like, no, I, I bought High Water first. It's great. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. others. I'm like, that to me are those are the kind of like, well, okay, well, it, it is, it's a, it works as its own freestanding entity now. It, it it could exist separately from the old if, you know, if you cleaved, cleavered apart. It is a free right. concept that is equally as valid. Now, we wouldn't have the fan base we have without the old. We all, of course, know that, but we have reestablished the brand or the band as a ongoing concept. Again. And I think that's a pretty big achievement. It's hard to do. Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Very, very good point. And, uh, and there's a reason you know i mean first of all you take a hiatus like that and then you come out with a new album it makes sense that a new generation might discover the latest album and not be aware of the previous you know
2: i love that when that happens that's just like that's christmas to me yeah. yeah great
0: i want jason to talk real quick about the time when junkyard and dangerous toys toured together and then we've heard this story on the show before on the podcast but we haven't heard it from from pat um,
2: <laughs> talk about uh, talk, talk, talk about
0: talk about the the tour that you guys did together how long what 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 happened all that stuff and then tell us about the time that you both were you guys were in each other's company when you're out when your videos
1: debuted on mtv
3: wait wait oh god i don't remember this wait a minute
1: the did, the
3: were we you on tour at the same time?
1: No, it was <clears throat> it was summer of the summer of eighty nine when so it was prior to the the jaunt that we did together. Right, right, but, okay. But Teas and Pleasing debuted back to back with Hollywood. Is that right? That's right, and a That's lot of people right. don't yeah. a yeah, lot of people that? don't re, don't remember that exact moment. It's burned into my brain. Is it <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's I like remember. it's like for your high that. school no, it was for your high school buddy to come on right after your video. Oh right and, after.
3: Oh, I see. Gotcha. gotcha. That is insane. Yeah. That is literally literally it was sand- the same night. Yeah, yeah. They gave
1: you the- next to each other. And right they didn't. <laughs> I whoever programmed that had no idea what they were oh. doing. Right. I
3: mean, I remember when it came on. I, I specifically remember because we were at uh, Geronimo's house and we were like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, because that's the only person, uh, my drum tech was the only guy who had a big enough TV mm-hmm. for all of us you're to re- go over there. Re- so re- we had a party. Yeah, you right. yeah. did well. <laughs> yes. so uh,
1: I, I think and, I was, uh, I think I was by myself just in my apartment, and I was like, Wow, oh, it's supposed to come on. I'm trying to work the remote, and right. and I got it. Where's the hey, rabbit? <laughs> the junkyard, junkyard's right next to it, you know. I was like, Whoa, that's weird. That's crazy. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
3: remember when it came on, and it was, I remember seeing you guys' video, and I was like, I was like. Well, who did that video? Of course, from first thing that went to my mind was that video is better than ours. Who did that video? Oh. And it was like it, well, somebody said the guy's name, and I was like, and, and like I'm supposed to know. And I'm like, yeah, back, we should have got that guy. It's like, well, I don't know I who the not know what the guy was. Well, who, did,
1: who did the Hollywood video? <laughs>
3: uh, a French guy named, uh, oh, and I don't right. know if this has ever been talked about. We had I've a French heard, guy I've named heard John. Some,
1: I've heard some stories about this guy.
3: no he was great. But what it was is we shot it on a Sunday. Prior to, on Saturday, some other band on some other label had paid for all the gear. So That's actually right. the David, Hollywood video, David, David yeah, told me, yeah. <laughs> and the Hollywood video, I think, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, to shoot a video, you're talking between thirty and $60,000. Well, I, Hollywood video, I want to say off the top of my head was about 5000 because we used all the rented gear from the day before. They're like, oh, we'll just roll it over. We'll, you know, charge it to the other company like sounds great. And, uh, and the house we, I think I want to say the house, uh, that we shot it in, uh, that was on, uh, that was on a, uh, that was on wheels and that was ready to be, uh, moved out to like Indio or something like that, like the next day. So it was like, no, we got to do this all now. So it all came together. And, uh, yeah, but when I saw your video, I was like, i'm like that's i'm like that's cool it's polished because not, in my mind our video now nah, it's too dirty it's like whatever
1: no you you want dirty i feel like they they use all these badass you know this badass gear and then they add all the dirt filters to make it let's go back to i make videos sitting in this chair talking yeah. about exactly. dirty. I, don't, I don't need the same camera i'm using to make this fucking podcast i use to make exactly. a rock I, idea, sure, you exactly know, so, yep the
2: everything the, there's every the video, devices, that, that tease and pleasing video
1: was done by mark rezica oh if, yeah i remember that you know video. that name yeah that name does sound familiar yeah. yeah yeah wasted so much money <laughs> in, like all, all, all day makeup chair you know yeah. like ridiculous amounts of food and shit that i didn't even eat any i'm working I don't <laughs> eat food. i'm fucking up here with lights on me and shit so I don't need it until I, it's done. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then the tour, and then the tour came and I was, I mean, we were, me and all the guys were excited to do that because oh, so we love the record. And, and, but the background that I had with Chris and, and Dave, just from being an Austinite was the best. And yeah. I remember we were in like, uh, uh, Georgia or, uh, uh, maybe, maybe South Carolina, uh, God, maybe you can maybe you can help me with it. Might have been Atlanta, and and the guys Uh, in Jackal came out.
3: Oh, that was South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guys in Jackal
1: came out, and and that's the first I even heard of the you know Jackal. What's who's that? Cool. Yeah,
3: because we had played with them the year before, and they were a cover band, you know. And then the next time we come out, all of a sudden they're playing originals, and it's like, well, we're going to get replaced. We're (laughs) fucked. Yeah, (laughs) And they did um, replace us in the J section in Geffen.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> but uh and they they blew up you know it was a year later yeah. or whatever I, I i saw them in la at like uh exposure 54 and they I was like what it
2: was huge it was yeah the guys that singer. i met on the yeah. junkyard
1: tour it was fucking it was huge and and the songs were great so yeah, uh, yeah. The Record yeah. when it came out of course but anyway um good band good That tour band. Was I like great. You, yeah you mentioned florida Florida was a mess. It was a I mean, good mess. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember where we start? We started in St. Louis. Is that right?
3: Yeah, we started. In, we all flew. We at, all met in St. At, Louis. At the, and then we, well, uh,
1: what was the uh, name? Starry, name? Nights. Starry Nights. Starry Nights. That's right. And, and then we
3: ended at the Omni in uh, Oakland, I think, right?
1: No. Uh, uh, no, we didn't. Tempe, Arizona. Tempe, the, Arizona. With Faster Pussycat. It was an outdoor a place water, with a with a uh,
3: with water park wave, and a wave maker. It was like you could surf in. It was It was
1: a water park. It was it was yeah. a dangerous toys junkyard and faster pussycat in Tempe, Arizona. At a water park.
3: That's and, I remember that stage was like sixty feet fucking tall. It was like Jesus yeah. Christ, someone's gonna was, get hurt up here.
1: It was festival festi- It was a good way to go out. I thought because it, it was, was great festival, yeah. festival style outside under the stars and middle of the desert. I love. Yeah, we, it. we, uh, we uh, grown grown men cried that night.
3: Yeah. We didn't well, want we that did. to I end. Cried because it was a fun tour. I mean, yeah, it, it was I, super I figured it's like is there ever going to be another tour better than that and there honestly wasn't.
1: I mean, that's it was, the only uh, that's the only time that I've ever seen Chris Gates cry. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, but it was happy. It was happy tears. It was happy, but, t- man, happy this tears. This was so. It's like everybody was so kind and giving to each other, and we didn't yeah. get on each other's nerves at all. And we just kind of kept to our own. And and then during the day, it was just a bunch of you know a bunch of just guys hanging out, and it was easy. It was really easy, and it was clean, and nobody got into it, it, it got anybody into any trouble except for one night. Oh. One night. Oh well, you, you got had, to tell we us. Danny? We stayed. We stayed at the same hotel together.
3: <laughs> was there? A, was, it, was it? Was there a certain height uh, issue about somebody jumping? <laughs> uh,
1: may, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it might well, have been course, me and you. Of course, it was in. Of course, it was in Florida. No, I think it was. Uh, Dan, it was Danny. Danny liked to drink. My guitar player at the time. Yes, Danny, he did. He liked to drink, and he, so he was yeah. hanging out with you guys, who yeah, liked he was. to drink. Yeah. a lot and i think that's you know just what it's typical shit like pool furniture in the you know in the pool well it's pool things furniture happen. it goes yeah. in the pool things happen oh it fell i don't know it's a
3: motel six it can't cost I, that much
1: <laughs> no, i'm not drunk i'm on medication you know i don't know whatever excuse works right but my tour manager said yeah i don't think that we need to be staying at the same hotel junkyard so it was my, we did, my tour. we did
3: separate for a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we can Well, I feel like it would. It might. Have, maybe that's why it was so fun and great because it was also. Weird. Danny got sick.
3: Danny got. Danny yeah. got the flu, and at that yeah. point, it was like, no, we definitely need to separate. We yeah. we can't have uh, you know infestation of flu well, going that, on between camps.
1: Right, and that happens on the road sometime. And our tour managers yeah. were smart enough to make sure that 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 yeah. What you said about about Spring. that was a fun tour
3: i mean it, it, you would think about like in 1992 bands uh, you know like us touring together you would think it would be an egotistical nightmare it was the total opposite it was no, like
1: it was, it september, was like big... september 89 september yep. 89 yeah um the the uh i didn't care where we were going to play i was just happy that we were going to be oh, doing yeah. junkyard. do yeah. you remember in in saint pete uh, me and Dave David and uh, I think I, I thought it was maybe one of my guys got tattooed at we, Oh,
3: we play. Yeah. I got that. Yeah, I got that. I got the middle I, part of the spade. Yeah. I got
1: this, uh, this sort of, I call it the low and brow. It's the the <laughs> Griffin. See the Griffin. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I
1: got that in St. Pete on the junkyard tour
3: you might you must have went first because by the time i went i told the guy i wanted like mickey mouse and all that stuff and he gave me two fucking weird bolts.
1: <laughs> i think i well, was the last guy to go. Yeah, well it's 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 pretty it means something when you can do a do a little run together and and have it get a tattoo it kind of it's like going yeah. to the army together we're gonna go get tattooed you know
3: boy yeah definitely
1: well we yeah it
3: was that that tour was kind of at points it was kind of like being in the army getting up early
1: <laughs> yeah a little little bit i I'm, i don't know i remember just being excited about it. the st louis show was was fun yeah but then there's a few of them that i don't remember much of maybe because yeah just traveled too much travel so i was just tired
3: there was a lot uh, of back-to-back and I, th- I don't think we had a lot of days off i think it was like six right. days on one day off six days on one day off. we were off. in
1: florida yeah. for like a week
3: God, we were in Florida. It seemed like a year or something like that. My God, it was a long time. It was like, when are we ever leaving?
1: Like, but I think we did like eight shows in Florida. It was like, you I would know. say, yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it was great. Good times, man. Good times. Yeah, that was fun. Did we play uh, Sweeney's in Tampa. Does that sound familiar to you? That does sound, uh, yeah. air
3: conditioner didn't work. Air conditioner, it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did, yeah. yeah we I have did. a picture,
1: yeah. uh, from that show, and I, it just looks like somebody, you know, poured a bucket <laughs> of <laughs> water a on me. It's probably the first song. You know, it's the first song and I'm just like my everything stuck to me, <laughs> you know, just like wet.
3: The whole crowd is drenched. Everybody on the sides yeah. is drenched. Yeah.
1: No AC. Oh, we're still going to have a show. No AC. I'm like, uh oh,
3: promoters like it ain't that hot. I was like, fuck
1: yeah. you. Well, they, they live there. It's like I'm from Texas. Right. I'm used to this kind of heat. So whatever. Humidity. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. As I could go on and on, it was such a blast. And that was fun. Yeah. Good time. Too bad there was no one there to document it.
3: No, actually, there's a good thing. So because certain, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe some I like to say there was that, a good thing yeah. about
3: that. I'm glad these things weren't around back then.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. It would be quite embarrassing, probably. Yes yeah yeah
3: mm-hmm. very it happened yeah, yeah yeah i was just talking about the uh the original guitar player of my old band uh d cry talking about the tours that we went on in uh, like 1982 and 83 and it's and he brought up a couple things i'm like yeah 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 we shouldn't be talking about that right now <laughs> it's like I, 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 yeah these things are bugged fuck that shit there's an algorithm i'm going to jail fuck
1: wow yeah <laughs> well it's you know kids you're still yeah. kind of a kid when you're oh god yeah totally when you're yeah. when you're when you're twenty you know eighteen nineteen twenty even I mean that was shit and dude in eighty nine I think I was twenty two twenty three yeah.
3: yeah I was like twenty one imagine being our age and having a tour manager and then yeah. you have your handlers the first thing you're going to want to do is fuck you handler I'm out of here you know
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it, does, it, it 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 doesn't it sounds like the greatest <laughs> thing in the world yeah that you're you're going to do things that you regret
3: exactly <laughs>
1: you know what i mean and, and and on the outside everyone's all jealous and like oh man of that's course, great yeah, like, wow. that's, or you you're winning all these awards that they're just the invisible awards of what it is that you're <laughs> yeah. doing but yeah it's trouble there's trouble, trouble afoot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Pat, it would, I, gotta, I, I have to ask you the story. You've told it a hundred times to me and probably others, but for people that are listening to the podcast and, and just tuning into Junkyard and maybe don't know the history, uh, there was a time when uh, you guys went out on your first tour and the opening band was the Black Crows. And oh. during that tour, <laughs> during the tour, the Crows started to explode so, and there was a great story that I don't know if it was you or David told me. You were in San Francisco, and James Hetfield showed up. Does this ring a bell? Oh, that was
3: Roach. That was Roach telling that story. I never. Okay. I, I I heard he showed up, but at that point I was somewhere else. But uh, we were
1: uh, we were at the Stone with it was Dangerous Toys Junkyard at the Stone, and that was September '89 yeah and uh yeah, the, the james
2: tour was six sixes sevens and nines yeah that's now. different so yeah. ja- that was 91 james and, yeah
1: james and kirk showed 19. up at the james and kirk hammett showed up at the uh stone in san francisco
0: wait the, oh, the crows was right tour right. was on six and sevens and nines mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh, okay. uh, so no,
0: i'm was...
3: sorry that was pre-six sevens the, the <laughs> crows tour was very late 19 1990 huh. it was i want to say we had uh we had finalized all the uh sixes sevens nine songs and um we got a call from the label, uh, and the label is like, "Hey, uh, you know, Rick Rubin wants to put put this band out on the road, and uh, we figure, you know, put them out with Junkyard, and you know, it, it's the most logical thing." So we got wind of it. We're like, "We're going on the road." It's like we're in the middle of recording yeah. and shit like that. And they're like, "No, no, this is good for you guys. Go out there." We're like, "Well, of course it's good because you know we get a per diem, we make money." Yeah. So we hit the road. Uh, I want to say it was the first show, the first. It was the first time the, the Crows played LA and they oh, they were playing a Cat House. And um, we went down there and, you know, we didn't know who the Black Crows were. We figured Rick Rubin, well, this is going to be a fucking metal band. And we walk in and it's like, oh, that's Steve Marriott. This ain't no metal band. We're playing with these guys. This is fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, man. But, uh, and that was the first time we ever saw him. But uh, yeah, the Hetfield thing, that was on our tour, Jason. Yeah, that yeah.
1: was the n 89 I remember name. that. That was, that yeah. was James <laughs> and Kirk.
2: I think the, st- the story David tells is it's on the Black Crows tour and um, the Black Crows are rising up during the tour and Baker told me the story too because he was there and Baker's like and Headfield shows up and Baker's like oh all right, we're still happening Headfield came again and Roach goes he's not here to see us you motherfucker he's here to see the Black Crows <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's wow. the punchline I was looking yeah, for yeah that's right yeah. that's right
1: like yeah James
0: Headfield is here but that's, yeah he's not here to see <laughs> you
1: I saw that show I saw that show at the uh, at the back room here in Austin, the Black show, yeah. opening for Junkyard. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Those and, guys were
3: on fire. They were so fucking yeah. good. Uh, not to say that they're not good now, but I mean, geez, it's just the, the original five guys. Oh, fuck. You know, it was yeah. it, it, it was it was really fucking cool to open up for them and see, you know, I have no bitterness towards them because it's no whatever. It, it ain't a competition, you know.
1: Right. But, uh, that's like just that's watching like uh, that
3: whole thing. Oh, sure, the, man, it's you
1: sure. could say the same story uh about uh, Metallica opening for Raven, their favorite New Wave British Heavy yeah. band and then a year later uh well a couple of years by 86 uh Metallica never opened for anyone ever or or right guns, yeah. Or yeah. Guns and Roses on the Permanent Vacation same. tour. Yeah, same. Yeah. They, they were like know, pretty
2: it. happening but then yeah. vroom, and there are people yeah. leaving during Aerosmith's set, right? right?
1: Yeah, which had yeah. probably
2: hadn't happened to Aerosmith in a long
1: time. Right? No, <laughs> well, that's like a giant knife cutting air. That's like what? It's like, wow! Yeah. I can see this spread of like fog or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty pretty crazy. Anyway, the that back room show with uh, Crows and Junkyard was was really fun. That was fun. Great. Um, uh, Chris Chris Robinson came up to me because he wanted to he. He was telling me hi from uh, from Heidi, who made his pants and my pants. Oh, Heidi Richmond. Uh, yeah, yeah. Correct. Heidi Richman. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, of yeah. course. And so she I made thought, my pants oh, for okay. the uh,
3: Six of Sevens 9's video, like, I, like a drummer needs pants. It's like $500. What the fuck? I yeah, like, per- I took them.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> no, she <laughs> was great. I was Heidi. Yeah, good time. <laughs>
3: I took the pants and I sold I took them. The pants. <laughs> so I can pay my gas bill.
1: <laughs> hey reality sucks you know Fuck yeah. it. <laughs>
3: 1991 <laughs> whatever you get Or 90 it was 93 i'm like everything is I, i'm out of a fire sale it's all going out the door i got a big yeah. tax bill
1: <laughs> that's how, my record collection my og record collection i had to, i was so hungry i sold my record collection to my next door neighbor so i could eat yeah terrible mm-hmm. choice i, sh- yeah. I should have should have just gone on a diet
2: yeah yeah can't get any skinnier jason that's, uh, well that's
1: <laughs> i'll take that as a compliment there you go <laughs> yeah well tim
0: and pat uh we appreciate you being here for today and and sharing your stories with us and most importantly we're looking forward we forward to you being on this uh upcoming tour uh playing the first album in its entirety chris gates is out for a few dates uh you've got an album in the works i i hope we see that sooner than later the songs i've heard are great they're right there in the junkyard canon so uh looking forward to another album to add to the collection um and yeah man just uh thanks for being here and i hope to see you i will see you in texas you will yeah. and uh, always fun reuniting with you guys and hanging out in person
2: I'm uh, so honored to be on the show. I've been wanting to be on for a long time. This so. is great. Thank you. Awesome. thank both of you guys. Thank thanks you so much for, thank for thank you having Dave. us. And if you're all out there, come out to the shows, we'd love to see everybody. So it's been Absolutely. a minute So
0: absolutely and sorry it's taken so long to get you on but i'm
3: gonna get you back i'm gonna get you that with, that with that logo on it
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna be barred at the door of your gig we're not going on if glessner shows up
3: <laughs> no you're gonna have to work
0: <laughs> yeah thank you guys so much on behalf of thank my you, co-host dave. jason mcmaster i'm metal dave glessner along with our special guest today patrick muzingo and tim Mosier from junkyard